happiness injection special and this person on this one is like you know you've heard him on my podcast before he's my comedy partner all round good egg awesome individual he is howell roberts as if as if i've got enough fun i've got to do that and I've, I'm sort of just uh, getting us ready for the end now, and I've, I've got a little story to tell, but I'm not going to bang on for too long. Um, my name is Howell, and I'm a, I label myself up as a travelling teacher. Uh, I taught for a long time in secondary, and then I was getting so people were trying to prepare me for my career that I didn't really want to have, so I just sacked it off. <laughs> is that all right? And then I found myself as a consultant teacher in a special school, and then I found myself in primary, and now I find myself doing all sorts of things like that. Uh, on Wednesday in Brighton, I was working in year five and six, and we were just doing castles. Because what I've discovered in primary schools is that they do stuff. They don't mess about. They don't mess about. They do castles. They do Egyptians, and then they cut it short because they've got to do harvest. I mean, you know, so a, a couple of weeks ago, I was actually in early years. Who's early years? Yeah. I, I, you heard what I said at the beginning, I'm secondary me. So I find myself a couple of weeks ago in Leeds, in an early, Leeds, in an early years setting, absolutely bricking it because I'm like, what's going on here? And these kids come in and it's after lunch and they all come in. And you have to herd them a little bit, don't you? Because they tend to just wander off like little old fellas. And I said, like, I said to them, oh, what have you been doing? What did you do this morning? And this little kid called Billy just went, we've been to a farm. A farm, I said, a farm, that's amazing. What, what, did, you, what did you see on the farm? And he said, it was a great mess. <laughs> like, like he did have a fact, like, it was just terrible. <laughs> and his, his pal started joining in going, yes, I'd, there was a hole in the fence. And then he was saying that, it, you know, there was a gate hanging off and stuff like that. And um, then I said, well, what did you, because I was trying to do some stuff on the senses with them. That's what I've been asked to do. So I said, right, okay, so what did you, what did you hear? What did you hear on the farm? And they all looked at each other like they had a little conspiracy going. And they, Billy started doing this. And then the others joined in. A couple of them got a bit creative. Like that. And I thought, the farmer's keeping bees. The farmer's keeping bees. And I said to Billy, what, what is that? And he went, it's the M1 motorway. Because it went right by the farm. Then I made the mistake of saying, because I was thinking senses, senses. I was thinking, well, I asked him, I said, what did you smell? What did you smell on the farm? And that was... What I discovered in Leeds is that's a big mistake to ask that. It turned out it rhymed with kite. <laughs> Which makes it kind of nicer, really. Um, I found myself in early years, and I found myself shaking at the end of the session because I wasn't shown. Because early years teachers are all nice. They took me to the staff room. I felt, a bit, well, I was acting a little bit like, do you know James Brown at the end of a gig? You know James Brown, the soul singer? He's proper full of funk. And they have to help him off stage, his mind does. That was me after an hour in early years. Because of my secondary stuff. So, 
And I'm like sitting there, and, I'm, and the, the earliest teacher, she just said, you've done really well, she said to me. And I was buzzing, and I was, I was buzzing. I said, why? I said, why have I done well? And she, and she said, well, because Billy, Billy absences himself. He, 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 starts getting, he starts moving off, he gives instant feedback about the work by doing this. And he sometimes, if they're not careful, he's out of the room and all sorts of stuff. So because he stayed, um, he must have felt like he was engaged in it. Because essentially what we did is we created a snagging list for the farmer. And then we thought, we're going to help you, mate. And, that's, and so I spoke as the farmer and we had a really nice session. Um, I, I, I know we're not all teachers here, but we all went to school. Most, well, I'll look around, some of you might not have done. <laughs> Um, I, I chose to become a teacher um, quite late. I went to, a, to the cinema to see this film. Do, do you remember this film? Yeah? Dead Poet Society. Now, you can judge me now, because you might think, oh, I get you, you're a bit sentimental, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you're a bit slushy, yeah. I came out of the cinema with my pal, having seen that film. I came out and I said, mate, and this was in Manchester, and I said, mate, I know what I want to do with my life now. And he said, what? And I said, I want to be a teacher of literature in the 1950s American private school. That's what I want. I want the children to carry me on their shoulders and run through fields to the soundtrack of Beethoven. That's what I want. That is what I want. And then I ended up on teaching practice in Barnsley, in South Yorkshire, which is a great town. Uh, but it felt a bit more like that, to be honest. Felt a bit like that. Pecked to death by seagulls on a daily basis. There was one class that left me, year nine. They, they, they were brutal to me. They were brutal. At the end of the session, they all went. They'd taken me to the cleaners, had me dry clean, brought me back, took me to the cleaners again, and then brought me back. They went, and I opened a filing cabinet. Do you remember those old metal filing cabinets? And when I opened it, it were empty, and that told you something. You know, it was just empty, and I cried. I wept. And I, I remember now the sound of my warm, wet tears. Just clanging. Just clanging on the metal. And this kid came back in. And I thought, this is it now. This, this could be it now. This is my moment. I'm going to try and build a bridge between myself and this young person. Because I want to change lives with poetry. And I went, and my face was soaking, right? I'm like... <laughs> All right, mate. And he said, I forgot my bag. <laughs> That's okay, man. That's okay. Just down there. And he got himself, he got his Barnsley briefcase, which is a spa carrier bag with the biro sticking out of the bottom. <laughs> he got that. And he, he went, and I went, you know, I'm trying to build, you know, see you later. See you later, mate. <laughs> see you later. He turned to me and he went, See you tomorrow. <laughs> now I wasn't bothered about the gun. I was gutted that I had to teach him again the next day. That was the thing. Absolutely devastated. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. I put that on the cover of my teacher training portfolio. And my tutor had torn it in half. That picture, I glued it on. He tore it in half and on the back of it he wrote, It's nothing like that. 
He's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Um, can you see a giraffe? I've loved it. We've loved it today, haven't we? Have you loved it? Have you not loved it over here? Have you not loved it? It's been all right, you know, it's been okay. I've loved it. I've loved listening to everyone. Um, I've not met Paul McGee yet. I've still, I'm still plucking up courage to meet him because uh, I've been following his work for years. When I was just sitting in my little cupboard at school waiting to be asked to go and teach, I was reading that sumo book. Uh, Richard Gerber and all the other speakers today, Andy Colt, absolutely amazing stuff. It is all about perspectives and I want to share with you just one story and then I'm, I'm going to just let Jeanette take us to the end of the day. Um, that's the prospectus of my last school. Uh, in back. Do you know that picture? Who is it? It's Ke well, it's, it's, it's not a bird. It's Billy Casper, isn't it? It's Billy Casper in Kez, in the film Kez. The novel, Kestrel for a Knave, written by an English teacher, Barry Hines in Barnsley, about the kids that he taught. And teaching that book to my bottom set, year 10, whose faces I carry around with me every day. And I look back on them, and I'm thinking about Now, they'll all be in their 30s now. And when I think of that book, I remember teaching this particular class. And in that class was the alpha male, Brett. Can you picture Brett a minute, please? Brett. He was alpha. He walked in. He set the tone for all my lessons. If he was happy, we were all happy. You know what I mean? Have you got people, do you work with people like that? Don't look at anyone. <laughs> he used to come in and just say, are we doing all interesting? Every lesson for two years. So I managed to get him up. And then I managed to get him engaged in that book and I was buzzing. In fact, he wasn't just engaged. He was invested. Because that book, he sensed it was about him. Now, I don't know if you've read it for a long time. Three quarters of it is beautiful prose. Descriptions of the countryside. The, the last quarter is all the stuff we remember from the film. It's brilliant. And the kids loved it. They were all boys in this class, bottom set. They weren't setted by ability. They were setted by attitude to learning. And I really wanted them to do well. And when we were doing that book, if we were a football team, it was like we were playing at home. Do you know what I mean? It's like we were playing at home. And I did that book, it was buzzing. Uh, Brett was particularly buzzing because his Auntie Val was in the film. His Auntie Val, so it was every lesson, it was, are we watching film? Are we watching film? Are we watching film? And when we eventually watched the film, we had to pause it. And she, honestly, she was a blur in the background in one of the school scenes. And then this, he just said, there she is, Auntie Val, she's got the same haircut. She's got the same hair. Now, that book for them, it was easy to protect them into that book. And I needed to up my challenge a little bit with them because sometimes these kids, they would model the behavior that they'd see elsewhere. They'd speak like the language that they heard at home sometimes and beyond or out in the streets. And I realized that I needed to do something because Brett sometimes would be horrible. And I thought I need to teach him a book that will teach him a lesson beyond English, beyond English literature. So I, I went into the English stock cupboard, which was a bit awkward because the head of English was having an affair with the PE teacher. So you had to do a secret knock before you went in, you know. I had to go in like that. And when I went to, you'd go in and I found in the dark corner, it was like, I was like Indiana Jones, getting to the back corner, I found a stock of books, unloved books, took them home, sponged them clean. I went to see Lauren Library, that was Lauren who worked in the library. She gave me some nice plastic wallets. 
I gave them out to the kids, and the book was To Kill a Mockingbird. And when I gave them that book, this was hard, this was difficult. In the first chapter, it's really hard. It's all about the history of a town, and it, do you know what? Brett, just three lines in, he went, Sir, this is boring. And I went, it's not. I said, it's not. Just listen and we'll get through it. And he went, do an accent. <laughs> it wasn't an instruction. It was just like, you know, it was an instruction, I should say. It wasn't a request. Do an accent. Now, fortunately for me, I was brought up on a diet of, of American TV shows like The A-Team and The Fall Guy. I think I'm the only person who's managed to get The Fall Guy into the speeches today. The, the four guys. So I could do an accent quite easily. I did that, and all the boys in the class rested their heads on the table. And in that moment, and I've been teaching for a few years, in that moment, my whole, my whole attitude towards teaching and learning shifted. And I realised that I had to get the curriculum to meet the needs of these children in the room, and not the other way round, which is what often we're forced to do these days. I got a chair and I just put it at the front. Atticus Finch, spoiler alert, he loses the case. And an innocent black man is sent to prison and murdered. It's awful. I said to, I said to Brett, what do you think about that, Brett? What do you think about that? What do you think about the white community leaving the courthouse cheering? And he went, sir, they're all bastards. <laughs> and I thought, how are we going to expand that into a GCSE response? I said, can anyone reassure Atticus Finch? Let's say he's sitting in this chair. And Brett said, I'll have a go. <laughs> and all the other kids in the room were going, go on, Brett. Go on. So he got up, and as he was getting up and moving to the front, I was moving to the back of the room. And as I got to the back, I watched Brett do this. And I, I, I don't know if it'll mean anything to you, and I'll be honest with you, this is a story that dropped in my head just recently. Thinking back, you know, 20 years. And the, he touched the top of the chair, and this is what this big, sometimes angry young man said to a chair. You've done your best. You've done well. No one can ask for more. And all the lads were like, go on, son. Go on, son. I'm at the back going, Captain. Hi, it's Charlotte who does Jeanette's podcasts for you. I was at the Festival of Happiness uh, recording the uh, the speakers and everything. And while Jeanette was really busy, I decided I'd go and have a chat with some of the fantastic speakers who were on stage that day. Didn't get hold of everybody, but I did get hold of a few of them. And I thought I would record those conversations that I had with the speakers I've been here as a, as a guest, uh, as a speaker, and it's been brilliant uh, to be part of it. And to be honest, uh, there was such a good array of speakers. I, I felt a bit, uh, um, I, I, I like being happy, but happiness, I, I'm thinking about schools and classrooms. I, I'm thinking about motivating children. So my input, if you like, was just 20 minutes on the moment that changed my life, my teaching life, I should say, um, in a classroom when I was working with quite a tough group. Um, and and I just shared that story and it seemed to go down really well. I think it connected with a lot of people because either you if, you, if you're not a teacher, you may have children or you know children or you were a child once and everyone, I think, knew a brat. <laughs> exactly. And um, I mean, and often 
uh, the way I'm thinking about it is, and the, uh, what informs a lot of my work is that um, we can take these moments uh, where things have gone wrong or we reflect on things that have happened in the past and we, we build the stories from them. And, and really all I shared today was an anecdote, a story, but it's a story that's got lots of layers to it, you know, and I, I think I, I can't remember what I, you know when you can't remember what you said. Well, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something to do with, you know, children being served by the curriculum and, and not the other way around, which is where we kind of are, I think, at the moment. In, in some schools, not all schools, but in some schools. So, yeah, it's, it's about getting children really bothered about what they're learning and, and how, as humans... Can we help children with that? You know, how as adults, how as grown-ups, forget the label teacher, you know, how as grown-ups are we paving the way for our young people, you know, getting ready for the world? You're the travelling teacher. What does that, in, what does that entail? It's, it's what it says on the tin, really. I was, I was um, teaching in secondary for a long time and I absolutely loved it and I loved my school and that was in Barnsley in South Yorkshire. I loved it. But I got to a point where I thought, I don't, you know, I don't want to progress um, in my career to the point where I don't, I'm not involved with the kids anymore and um, there are people who are really good at doing that as in they are brilliant at leading and managing, they're fantastic at it but I, I don't think it was for me so I realised that I needed to move on so I finished there and um, I ended up just going freelance really and I, and I thought it would last a year and uh, I'm 10 years in now from one freelancer to another I know oh well just yeah, be yeah. a year yeah. yeah yeah never getting a real job again no but I'm st- <laughs> but I've it's about credibility for me it, and uh, teachers don't like I mean well I never as a teacher I really was not I wouldn't trust someone who wasn't working with children when they were telling if they never worked with children sorry um, and they were telling me what to do um, I, d- I sort of didn't I didn't appreciate their credibility because I don't think they had any and so I, I sort of try and keep my credibility there by working with children um, you know not day to day because I don't but um, but certainly perhaps once a week I'm in class and also I have the the added frisson of being observed while I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all the time so and I enjoy that and it creates more stories which people like listening to and reading about and you, uh, listeners to Happiness Injection with Jeanette will have heard you on a previous uh, couple of podcasts because you do the show show with Jeanette. I do the show show with Jeanette. Jeanette has just been brilliant. And, and the thing about being freelance is, is that you're always looking for new things. And it's not, I never want to try and reinvent myself. I, I, I'm just plodding, plodding on, but in the nicest way. But what's great is I've, I've built a great network, a team, which is what uh, Paul was talking about this morning, Paul McGee, and, and I've got my team, and Jeanette is very, very important to that team and that network. Um, and I hope I'm, and I think I'm important to her as, as well. And the happiness injection has just been a great part of that, has been an outcome of that. I've just had such a, a blast today. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I have got stuff to sell, but at times like this, at the end of a long day, a long conference, a long happy day like this, I'm just really, really humbled to have been part of it, and I've really enjoyed it. I'm easily found online and all that, but I've just, yeah, that's enough from me. I've really enjoyed it. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. If you've liked listening to this, why not buy a ticket? Pop along to www.spreadthehappiness.co.uk and find out when our next annual happiness festivals are. And also, why don't you drop a review? Why don't you subscribe? And why don't you rate us? That would make me 
extra happy. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one.